The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Brett Hewitt's journey in life was changed when a stranger walked up to him and handed him a book to read. That book was Visions for a Black Band by Dr. Naeem Akbar. While volunteering in a mentorship program, Brett realized how important it was for us to learn our history and culture and be proud of who we are. Afterwards, he became a public speaker at local schools, prisons, and churches. While traveling to bookstores throughout the United States, he couldn't find any literature that pertained to the black struggle. And the large chain bookstores, while they had a black section, they would put the literature way in the back. And he thought that was a disservice. Those observations provided the spark for his business, Positive Vibes, which he started in 1992 by selling books from the trunk of his car. He would go to a distributor in Hampton, Virginia, buy 20 books, and that's how his journey started. Every time he sold a book, he would order four more. In July of 1996, he opened his first brick-and-mortar store in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Through word of mouth and plenty of community support, he's proudly celebrating 22 years in business. Family, let me introduce and let's welcome Brett Hewitt to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, Minding My Black Business family, we have quite the treat for you today. Um, I am so excited to be able to talk to Mr. Brett Hewitt because um, he owns one of my favorite shops in Virginia Beach. And so before I get into my questions, because I have a few good ones, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Hewitt, thank you so much for being on the Minding My Black Business podcast. Thank you so much for having us, sister. Absolutely. Um, Can you do uh, a brief introduction? Introduce yourself to the family and um, let them know where they can find you and your business. All right. Uh, Again, my name is Brett Hewitt, and I run a store called Positive Vibes, and we're located on at 6220 Indian River Road, and that is in the city of Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. And we also run two other locations in Military Circle Mall. We have a kiosk in front of the movie theater, and as well as an inline store uh, on the quarter that is shared with Victoria's Secrets and Bath and Body Works. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Yes, and I and I've hit I think all three of those uh, for okay. one <laughs> for one reason or another. <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely will make sure that I put the store's website um, connected to the notes uh, with this episode so that those listeners who don't happen to be in the Virginia Beach area, they can they can access your products, um, as well as for those who are in the 757, they can come on by um, and pick up their favorite items. So, um, Brett, how long have you been in um, entrepreneurship? How long have you been an entrepreneur? 
Uh, August will make the 26th year. Wow. What brought you to entrepreneurship of all the things you could have done? Uh, all my life, that's all I ever wanted to do since early on, probably age 10. I decided I needed to be running a company at that age. And that's just has been my life passion was to run a company. And wow. of course, it didn't come along until much later. But anyway, we we did it. Yeah. So <laughs> were there were there business owners like in your community or how did you have that thought at age at age 10? Well, growing up in Raleigh, North Carolina, back in the 60s, uh, my father used to carry me around, and we weren't able to go into white stores. We only could do business with black stores. Mm. And my father used to tell me about uh, some of our black stores, how they were lacking mm -hmm. the way they did business. And my father used to always say he wished he had a business so that he could uh, try to do it the right way. But he had five children, a family he was trying to take care of, so he prefer to steady income mm -hmm. wow um you know some of that reminds me of what i have heard so i don't know if you are aware but i am originally from mobile alabama so uh <laughs> so uh i've heard a story or two um and seen some stuff around um what was there and what was not there in the 60s when it relates to um, being able to patronize one thing versus another. Um, so I, I can definitely, definitely, um, that hit home when you said that. So, um, did you, so was it when you got to Virginia that you started your business or did you do it in, in North Carolina as well? No, it was, uh, actually I ended up joining the Navy and coming to Virginia. And after I got out, I only did a four year, um, uh, tour with the Navy as okay. a jet mechanic. And after getting out, I went to work for the Department of Defense with, mm -hmm. uh, again, working on jets. And once they announced a layoff, that's where everything started. Uh, still harboring those entrepreneurial ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. Once they decided to do a layoff, they gave us almost a two-year notice that there was going to be a layoff. Okay. So we had opportunities to go to other facilities. And that just wasn't in my plan to go to another facility. So mm. that's when uh, everything started kicking in. I was working on the naval base, but I was also having a business of selling uh, what we call, it was a small gee dunk, selling uh, sodas and candies and all sorts of things when I was there. So mm -hmm. it was always going on, but I didn't put my name on a list to get a job. And that helped me to leave with, uh, without a bad mark on my record and a very small uh, severance pay. Yeah. that I received, and that's when I decided that uh, we're going to go ahead and build this business. In fact, before I left the naval base, I had already opened this location on uh, Indian River, and I was just leaving the job at a certain time and coming and opening up the store. Wow. So, that's, yeah, that's the kind of so, way it went down. Yeah, so you sort of positioned yourself that I'm not going to give myself this net. Um, I'm going to focus on this is definitely going to be my next my next step in terms of yeah. having like the brick and mortar store. Wow. That's great. Exactly. It looked like it was a sign for once the layoff came, I said, this is it. I, mm -hmm. I needed a push. I needed, you know, some, some incentive to get the heck out of there. And that's what happened. You know, that is scary. I, I've heard a lot about that and I've experienced that myself in terms of going from a nine to five. That's, you know, when you're working for someone else and you're getting your benefits and, 
you know, you get your PTO and all that kind of stuff into jumping into the space where you create all of that yourself. So that is real. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> so the store opened in 96, right? The, the, the location on Indian River. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. So that has been, um, what, we're like 22 years yes, at this uh, point? So what do you, <laughs> so I had, you know, I had to do the math with that. But what do you <laughs> think has contributed to your, um, to your success? Uh, number one thing I think has been um, marketing strategies. Uh, mm. There are many smaller things that contribute to successful businesses. But one of the things that I think was uh, crucial was being able to market ourselves, uh, radio ads, TV ads. We did that early on on TV commercials. And every time I would mention the store, I might be out in public and someone would see a shirt and say, where'd you get that from? And I would say, there's a store in the road called Positive Vibes. And they would go, I've seen that before. I've heard of that. <laughs> and that was uh, what I contribute not to man not to mention frugalness i'm just so like <laughs> learning and always had a good idea about how to hold on to a dollar so that has helped tremendously but uh yeah the, the big thing is marketing and uh, that advertising having a plan for that i believe solidified just kept us here mm. so it sounds like you uh in addition to doing like the radio ads or TV ads that you were also your own like walking billboard um, in terms of redirecting people back to the to the store um, that's interesting that's pretty cool and I yeah I like that okay so in in that amount of time that you have um, you know had your businesses what are some things that you feel like you've had to learn the hard way. I feel like entrepreneurship is such an interesting journey. Um, and I use that, I'm not using that lightly, like I, interesting and there's some wonderful things and there's some tough things. Uh, <laughs> but what, what do you feel like are some lessons that you've had to learn? And I'm, this is me truly like seeking your wisdom um, around this. Well, the, the thing I learned, one of the first things was like, you get in the business thinking that you're going to be your own boss. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everybody walks to their door and says, man, it must be nice to be your own boss. And, <laughs> and I'm just looking at them like, bro, you just don't have a clue. <laughs> it's, it's like I went from the naval base of having one supervisor to mm-hmm. having everybody who walks through that door supervise me mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and do my evaluations. Everybody who walks through the door writes evals on me now. And, that has been one of the most difficult parts to mention, not to mention carrying the job home 24 seven, just always walking around mm-hmm. with your company in your head. Right. Whereas when I was just working for a company, I could leave it when I would, you know, leave the job, that job stayed there until I would come back in and pick it back up. Right. So yeah, that was, that was huge. And, and, and I had that false impression that, I'm going to be the man and I'll be in control. So, yeah. you know, everything is so cool. And then I had to listen to each and every customer deciding mm-hmm. where, what direction this company was going to go in. And I had no idea. So I had to listen to them. <laughs> all my bosses, they, they kind of taught me. And <laughs> luckily, they kept us here for all these years now. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you, that is the first time I'm hearing it, but that makes so much sense that everyone is your supervisor. Um, so how, when did you, when did that sort of come to your mind that, that it's not that I have one supervisor, but everybody is sort of giving me feedback. How early on did you realize I, that and what happened? To very, very early on when customers came in and would suggest items that we needed to carry, uh, mm. they would also suggest hours saying like, why aren't you open on Sundays? Why do you close so early? Mm. Uh, all sorts of things. And I was like, like, wow, they're going to dictate. And I was like, if I don't listen to them, then I won't have their business. Right. And I needed their business so they said stay open late on Saturdays we did they said open on Sundays we did mm -hmm. they said carry these products we want to see this and so that's what we did wow wow okay yeah, okay <laughs> it, it makes so much sense but I have never heard it phrased that way so th I'm letting that sink in for a second so <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm wondering how this then changes for um I guess those stores that are not as much brick and mortar, but those who are maybe more online. But I think that also connects to your second point in that the company is sort of always in your head. Um, and so what did you, what do you mean by that? And sort of like the, the business is in, in your head 24 seven. When you, when you lock the door and you take one step out of the door, all, mm -hmm. all, all that's on your mind is what did I do today? Did mm -hmm. I do anything wrong? Did I remember to order all of the products that I promised people? Mm -hmm. My deadlines uh, when items have been promised, am I going to reach those goals? And when I walk away, I just keep right on thinking, okay, where mm -hmm. do I go now? Should I go to a frame shop and lay out and design tonight? It's nice and quiet. It's like 24-7. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking like, okay, what day is it? Because you work seven days a week, 24-7. There's no off days. So every day is the same. Right. So when you wake up, you, you first have to figure out what day it is and what's due. And, and, and do you have people in place to open up all the stores? And, oh, it's, it's just crazy. But it stays in your head all day long, mm. all day long. You know, that is that is really tied into my next question, um, because I know when we talked earlier, um, I talked a little bit about sort of the entrepreneurs being isolated um, and partly because they are doing this thing that you just described, like planning for the business, managing what's ahead of, you know, right in front of them. Um, attending to any orders that needed to be submitted um, or sometimes that the business can even be a way for people to um, manage their stress. Like, this is something I know I can control, so let me focus on this. Um, but what that does is it really narrows you in into managing um, the business and sometimes can pull you away from, um, you know, friends and family. And, and I've heard entrepreneurs talking about feeling like they're quite isolated as a result of that. Not saying it was a good or bad thing, but something that they've recognized. Has that been an experience for you? Oh, it's a major experience, not only just yeah. entrepreneurship, but because of what I went into uh, African-American and African literature. Mm. I studied these books thoroughly, and once I studied them, it made me have different ideologies than what I, the norm. Mm. And, and that pulled me away first 
from everyone else because, you know, people were subscribing to a bunch of religion, which I just totally put down because mm -hmm. I didn't think it was necessary anymore. And uh, so isolation first, it was just from people seeing my new walk, my new idea on life. And they were right. like, man, you're, you're crazy. And I wouldn't subscribe to that kind of stuff. And so that narrowed my, you know, my field of friends mm -hmm. real quick. Even family members, uh, it, like my, my immediate family, moms, pops, and, and siblings, it didn't do that, too. They, right. they encouraged me and thought it was pretty neat what I was thinking about and studying. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's nobody understands entrepreneurship almost unless you're an entrepreneur. Right. And all of us are busy, so we don't <laughs> get to come and sit and talk to each other and say, hey, what happened on your job today? Right. We don't do that. We right. don't have time. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a lonely, it's a lonely world. And I'm still weighing the way I did it. Uh, I always go back and look and I'm just still weighing about family, how I managed my time and did I do it properly. And I look at my children today and try to figure out was that sacrifice that I made? Was it good enough for them? Because mm -hmm. they too had to had to give up a lot for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. and so I have to make sure, and still today, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable and confident that it, it was the right move. And uh, they both have worked in the business okay. and still do today. So, and have created created their own businesses from these, these businesses. So wow. I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. But the jury is still out. The jury is still out. We're going to come up with a verdict here in another 10 years. So. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so, and you brought up another good point is that if one person is an entrepreneur in the family, then the whole family. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's exactly it. Look, when I first started the company, we had the extra ringers on our home phones. Of course, there were no cell phones then. Mm. But if uh, I, I added a business line to my home, and when it would ring from the company's number, it would do a double ring. Okay, okay. And so the children, they all thought it was a joke, and they would pick up the phone and say, hello. And I said, we can't do that. That's positive vibes line. You have to say positive vibes. May I help you? And they were still kind of giggling about it. Right. And uh, one day, uh, my wife heard me taking uh, an order over the phone. And she, when I hung up the phone, she looked at the children's like, look, from now on, y'all say positive vibes. <laughs> that's what we're going to do, okay? And uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. But that's when the children were like, hey, we better take this this uh, company right. serious now. So. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty cool. cool. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, so I'm glad that they uh, they took to it and and found it to be a fun thing. Um, that's but that's a smart idea making the making the double ring. Okay, okay, that's pretty cool. So, what do you think has in dealing with? Because you're absolutely right. Us entrepreneurs are quite busy, and um, and I think the goal is to sort of stay busy. Like that means business is going well. Um, but what for you has, has worked in terms of like managing the level of demand, um, the, the isolation? Um, how have you managed that? My number one management uh, to keep my sanity has mm -hmm. been the gym and mm -hmm. exercise. Just... Mm -hmm. That has uh, th that has been my savior. Mm. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I was a long distance runner for so many years. I've, I've just stopped because it has taken its toll on that impact on concrete on my body. But I just believe, in fact, I'm dressed right now for the gym later, but okay. I just believe that I, I, that was the only outlet I had. Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody understood. I had a dual thing with entrepreneurship and, again, my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it was very difficult to find like-minded people and someone to speak with when you had a, a minute or two. So I just started going to the gym, and that that, that is been my savior to blow off my sweat. Uh, if I had a bad day, that would all, always be an outlet for me. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah. And exercise just does so much in terms of like stress and uh, clarity and being able to focus. Yeah. So I can see how it helped you in a lot of ways or is helping you in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. So you also mentioned that the, not only your uh, beliefs journey changed, but the entrepreneurship uh, journey as well is one that's so unique um, that a lot of people don't understand unless they're in it. And, um, and at the same time, it's the thing that also keeps us from connecting to other entrepreneurs. That seems like a catch-22, almost. Um, mm-hmm. And thinking about this area, like the 757 Hampton Roads area and the Black entrepreneurs that you know, what is it that you think that we need um, to connect to each other? Like, what do you think would be helpful um, to get us all to, cause in my mind, in my dreams, uh, we all will just sort of have this really cool network, um, in which we can support each other, whether that means like literally support, you know, in terms of like purchasing products or showing up to an event or just sort of being there to root each other on and cheer each other on, um, for things. So what do you think that is, we need in this community to sort of get to that place where, Black entrepreneurs don't have to feel as isolated as we build our businesses. Well, in my opinion, there's a shift taking place right now um, for businesses of color. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's generating more income for us. And that's what we truly needed so that we can hire people and then Mm -hmm. we can take off and go network with others. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, back 20 years ago, we actually had a network put together, but it just couldn't make it because, again, all of us were really busy, but we would try to meet on a certain day and sit down and talk about putting our money together to build other businesses. Mm. But back then, and I'm telling you, that was 20 years ago. We used to meet across from Norfolk State. At, uh, Brother Ike had a, a shop over there. He's a jeweler, a local jeweler. And uh, we used to go over there and sit over there and try to figure out what it was we were going to do. But it was overwhelming again for us because none of us really had time. Right. Right. But I see what's happening today with social media. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful because I see all these uh, people putting on their shows and networking programs. Sankofa has a thing they do all once a month. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I see that that's really working and it's going to make a big change for uh, our type of businesses. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's pretty cool that you all um, did that. And you're right. I can see how at some point you would have to make the choice between continuing to participate in the group meetings versus building the business. Um, and and maybe social media can sort of help provide that space that was difficult before um, where you can connect and still be at work at the same time, you know, in that way. Yeah. 
wow, this has been so cool. I've learned so much. So <laughs> I really have. I really have. Um, and I am so glad that it's being recorded so then I can listen to it over and over again. Um, and so I'm. we have been talking about time for the last like 25 minutes. So I'm going to wrap this up. Um, so Mr. Hewitt, can you tell me, uh, what does minding my black business mean to you? What does that phrase mean to you? Uh, minding my black business, uh, if I if I take it not mm-hmm. totality, but just minding my black business means to me that the supporting of businesses of color mm-hmm. and doing everything in our power to make sure that the companies that we support, make sure that we're doing all that we can to support black businesses mm-hmm. and not only support them financially, but support them by giving suggestions about how maybe they hurt your feelings and how you're going to do your best to uh, to rectify. The, the business owner would tell them how, how to rectify, how they're going to rectify the problem. Yeah. But to, to, to me, it's just us seeing all of our black businesses make it. Mm. And in order for us to make it, it's going to take each and every one of us. And it doesn't mean that I have to go to your black business to do it. Uh, mm. I, I could, I might want to buy water from you, your water company, but your water is 10 times higher. So I skip your water mm-hmm. and I buy my water from wherever. And then I take the extra money that I save and support another black company. Mm. So I've oftentimes told customers, if this is too expensive for you here, in fact, if you've seen it that much cheaper, you should go buy it because I won't sell it for that price. But the money you save, bring it back here and buy some soaps and lotions from us. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you go out and go buy it and save their money. So, yeah, minding my black business, we, we've got to take care of each other if we're going to make it. We're the only ones who can make us make it. <sighs> That's it. that's it that's it wow okay i don't really have any other comment for that because that's that was profound so thank you so much for joining uh me today on this interview this has been nothing but gems of wisdom and so i really appreciate your time um and your feedback so thank you so much thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity absolutely so if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages, under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter, under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know. Minding my black business.